Hello, everybody, and welcome to an episode of the Athlete Diaries. I'm here today with a basketball player, our first basketball player on the podcast. I'm excited about it. Finally, starting to get more people outside of football, and that's what really has me excited. He has been in a few different places. He's a great friend of mine. We grew up together. He uh, jokingly, but also seriously, he's the kind of guy that you would want to date your sister. You feel me? He's a great, great dude. He's very smart, very intelligent. We're going to learn a lot from him today. So, uh, Jordan Buchanan. How y'all doing? How you doing? Good, man. Good. Can't complain. Finally done with school? Finally done with school, man. It's been, uh, it's been a long time coming. So, uh, it's, been, it's been a long five years. It's been a long five years, so... What did you get your degree in? Uh, sports management. Like, okay. like every other athlete. Yeah, does, yeah right. Like every other athlete. See, does. but people make that, look, but people make that joke. But I tell people, if you truly take sport management seriously, bro. You can make some bread, bro. You, you know you what I'm saying? Really you can have bread, a career yeah. in that, dude. Like, I know a dude, you know what I'm saying, from middle of nowhere, Kentucky. He graduated with me, and he's already working down at NASCAR. At Daytona, you know what I'm saying? Like in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky, down in Daytona, living right now. I was about to say, especially like just for that, you know, for NASCAR to be graduated, and then if you go right into it, you feel me? For the summertime, and the crazy thing is, it's a black dude, too. Oh, man. come on, bro, come on, bro. (laughs) It's crazy, it's crazy. So, yeah, people rag on sport management, but there's money in it, there's money in it, especially because you get the sports management side of it, you get that side of it, but you also, I mean, you gotta take business classes too. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly, exactly. You so you learn how to do both, yeah, exactly. exactly. So. so let's get into it. You've been on here before, but that was on Zoom, that doesn't count. <laughs> any podcast that I recorded on Zoom on Scratch, and that's why we hadn't released any, because gotcha. I'm not counting any of those. We're gonna do them, they're better in person. I feel like uh, you get more genuine in person. I'm not giving in to the whole Zoom call thing that we're doing, so I'm not getting into it. But yeah, so we, we're, we're going to do this again. So if we could, can you kind of get your story, how you got into basketball growing up, uh, and then we'll get into college and stuff like that. Oh, but like, how'd you get into basketball man. and all that stuff? Um, honestly, like a lot of people are like, oh, I picked up a ball at four years old, five years old. I can't remember when I started playing. I think it was maybe like legitimately like seven, eight. Cause I was into skateboarding before that, so yeah, 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 I believe that. <laughs> um, so got into basketball, uh, younger age, I guess. Moved to I was started out in Tennessee. That's where, where I was originally born at, um, Columbia, Tennessee, nine three one. Um, then moved up to Kentucky um, when I was in going into the third grade. Yeah, going into the third grade, um, and kind of just started playing basketball at the local. Rec centers, um, Warren County Parks, okay, yeah. um, and just fell in love with it. Then used to play all the time, um, and B can attest to this all the time on Bridge Ponds Blacktop at recess, and that's kind of where it started. Double rims, chain, yeah. chain, uh, chain nets. So um, just fell in love with it then, and then um, middle school uh, played for. Grace Creek Middle School. Um, then South Warren was built. My eighth grade year would have been your seventh grade year, um, and played there. Then on through high school. Um, high school was a little bit rough. It was, a, it was a different journey, of course. Why was it rough? Um, so my freshman year, I, I came like right off the bench. <coughs> I was kind of like six man. Yeah, type of deal. I remember that. 
Um, so six man off the off the bench, or not six man, but first person off the bench, six man, um, kind of role on the team as a freshman. And I'm like, wow, like yeah, I'm here kind of deal. Um, and the sophomore year comes around, um, and didn't really touch the floor. And there's it was a new coach, wasn't it? No, no, no. It was the same coach. same coach, same coach, um, same coach. So uh, ended up coming off the bench again, but it was like. First on freshman year, I'm six, yeah, six man, and then <clears throat> sophomore year, I'm like twelve. I'm, I'm yeah. down at the down, down at, at the, the bench. Yeah. yeah, it's and crazy. What was the reason? I would ask him, and he would never give me like a straightforward answer. Yeah, and so I think um, <laughs> I think that kind of uh, and not. I don't think it kind of it did. It messed with my mental. And yeah, kind of um, like why is this happening? You know, kind of fell in and out of love with the game. Uh, but it was a blessing in disguise. Same thing happened junior year, and then senior year came around, um, and like my mentality just totally changed. Down. Yeah, I was like, all right, like, and we had we had a new coach coming in as well, um, so it just kind of came in with the mentality of like, I'm just gonna put all my eggs in one basket. I'm just yeah. gonna work my tail off, um, and I think that's where you know I'm not gonna say that I have like an insane Kobe work ethic, but I think I have. A, Pretty good work ethic. No, you have a great work ethic. I remember, so I, I gave this example um, <laughs> when we did the first one. But I'm going to give it again. His work ethic is crazy. I'll give you an example. When I was going to be a junior, so spring, sophomore year, you were going to be your senior year, mm-hmm. we started having football in the mornings. We would, we would have walkthroughs and we were going over plays or whatever. And there was one day we get in there. I don't even remember. Cam, you remember what time we were meeting? Bro, I don't remember. It was early, though. Mm. And it was you. We get in there, and you were in there already hooping, yeah. putting up shots, putting in work <clears throat> before school. Like, you were in there before all, we were. And we were mad because we were up that early. So I only <laughs> can imagine how much earlier you were up. You know what I'm saying? So, but, yeah. I, did you get in trouble for that, too? Oh, uh, yeah, that was a situation. With Our coaches went to snitch it on you. Yeah, yeah, so, like, I would essentially, the night, cause I would always work out after practice yeah. or after school. Um, and so I would always put, if you know South Warren, there's, like, the double-pane windows that yeah. are, uh, like, adjacent with the um, parking lot. So I would always put, like, a bottle cap in the door so where I know, like, the door is unlocked, but it looks from the outside looking in, it looks like, Doors like closed, and obviously you think that it's locked. Yeah. Um, and so I would do that, and I would just come in early mornings. Like I would probably wake up four thirty-five and try to get a workout in before cause school started. What seven thirty? Yep. So give me time to take a shower and all that in the locker room. Um, so I would try to do that pretty consistently my senior year. Um, and this and like is in, said, so this is in high school. Yeah, this is I want to make school. this very clear. Like yeah. this is a work ethic in high school. Yeah. This is, yeah. This is in high school. Um, and so I think that like kind of setting that up um, kind of propelled me forward just like being used to it or being hungry for more I guess yeah, and that's what I was saying earlier like it was a blessing in disguise because um, even though I was counted out multiple times still I mean to this day yeah but it's like I have that as my foundation like right. I can go off of that um, so like I said it's a it's a blessing in disguise and that's not only for basketball but also um you know, eventually you're going to be getting into to the business world. Um, 
so just having that like that work ethic is, right. is exactly. very important exactly very important so. so going into college you you weren't heavily recruited or anything it was no. it was like you ended up going to prep school yeah went to uh, Mount Zion Christian Academy uh, shout out to my Bull City boys um, in North Carolina Durham North Carolina so did that um for uh it wasn't even a year though like people think like prep school is like a whole school year um but it was like the postgrad program so the way the postgrad program works is we think we started like september 1st so it's almost like on a college schedule but then like we ended the season and once the season was over like we came home yeah and that was in like beginning of march okay so we really didn't even have like a full like even college right but you were taking classes and stuff Mm -hmm. uh we took like Let's see, we had a Bible class. We had like three classes, like a Bible class, a... Oh, um, so it was a Christian uh, prep school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so we had a Bible class, a college readiness class, and then we also had like an SAT prep class. Yeah, okay. Because most of the time for prep school, either you're under-recruited and you need to bump right. up your recruitment or your... Grades weren't Yeah, test scores aren't good right. enough, so you have to go that route. Um, so yeah, went to prep school, um, and then... Came back home, still didn't have any recruitment. Yeah, did you? But you um, bought out. Did you were balling at prep school? I did, did, but like, not really. Yeah. Like I was around a whole bunch. Like I was around a, a lot of other dogs too. At the yeah. Time, in the same sense, um, like that got me a lot better. Opened my eyes up. Yeah. I was in like it's uh, they call it like the sandbox effect, or like or the playground effect. Like if you're only in this playground for so long, like you're gonna get used to it. And yeah. Move, right. but, going to Durham and North Carolina basketball is just is totally different and then we had dudes from like my roommate was from Harlem okay New York oh um, yeah and then we had dudes my boy Noah who we were talking about earlier yeah he's from Cali uh LA boy um and then we had dudes from Canada okay uh, oh wow Nigeria yeah. so I mean you're getting to see uh totally different styles of basketball in one place under one roof um so that was i mean that was a blessing that opened up my eyes a lot but i mean going back to you know how i was playing i was playing okay but it just it could have been yeah, a lot better for sure but i learned a lot like my work ethic elevated even more there um it was because of the people you were around had crazy work ethic absolutely like, absolutely like we got dudes now um my boy dre keandre cook um he was in the g league during COVID, okay, so played and got to play with somebody who was like eventually playing in the league, um, and then also he's playing right now over in Hungary, Hungary I think, um, Hungary or Germany, but I mean he's playing at a high right. level of yeah, basketball, for sure. um, getting paid paid to do that. So like I said, man, just different perspective, um, and then like I said, uh, recruitment wasn't as good coming out so I came back home um and the crazy part is I was like I was about to quit yeah um quit basketball quit basketball yeah quit basketball um and ended up what made you not quit going to uh, BAC one day was playing pickup in there just kind of like leisurely yeah and I played well and during the game and there was a guy that I was playing against and um he was like where do you go to school I was like uh just got out of prep school. I don't know what the next steps are. I was super discouraged during this time, one of the lowest lowest times of my life. Um, and he was like, "Nah, like you're not done. Like we got to get you working out right. again. Yeah, um, get you some tryouts." So I had a couple tryouts. Um, 
And so Like he put you on or yeah, like he put me on. So he Okay. Um he used to coach for a coach named Todd Franklin, who is now at Vincent's University. Okay. Um blue collar program, like really, really good. Um, top ten program probably every single year in the JUCO standings. Um and so he got me a tryout up there. Um, we met each other in April. He got me a tryout in December. So I would have been coming in mid-year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was shell-shocked. Like, I was yeah. nervous, all this. Um, and it didn't go well. Um, Why? Just, just nervous, man. Like, just nerves going everywhere. But, like, during from April to December. No, I mean, like, like I mean, like, what makes you say, like, I get, like, you're nervous. But, like, what makes you say it didn't go, like, like you didn't. You know what I'm saying? Like, you've been produced. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what, what, like... I couldn't throw the ball into the ocean that day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Okay. Okay. Um, and it's just like, that, that. Those they were just a different level of athletes. I don't yeah. think I had ever really seen that collectively as a group and, like, a group. Individuals, like, moving as one. Yeah. It's like, a, it's a college program, so it's different. Um, so just seeing that was, it was totally different. Um. So ended up not doing well at that tryout. I had another opportunity um, to try out for him again uh, later on the next year or the next semester, and um, didn't even end up doing it. It was like I just want to just just continue to work. You didn't do the tryout. Didn't do the tryout. Um, you, you felt too discouraged, or yeah, you just were just kind of overthinking it as well. Okay. Um, so I was like, I just want to put in more work. Just put in more work. Um, Do you regret that or how you feel about it now? Looking um, at it now, how do you feel? I don't really regret it because I think everything's kind of worked out the way it's supposed to work out. Right. Um, but at the same time, you know, you never know until you right. until you know kind of deal. Um, so I, I'm not going to say I totally regret it, but parts of me are like, dang, like, I wonder how it would have been. How different it could have yeah, been. Especially if I would have been in the right like mental state right. and going into it the right way. I mean, especially because now you know the speed and the tempo oh, that coming with you would have yeah. been. It's totally different now. Yeah. Um, so just understanding that, and then, uh, so going into the next off season, I ended up signing with um, Volunteer State. Yeah. yeah. Um, down in down in Gallatin near Nashville, so close to home. Um, had two solid years there. Um, definitely, the go experience is different. Um, and also, I need to shout out my guy, Jacob Davis, at D1 Sports. He helped me out tremendously, like, with my athleticism okay. from yeah. when I got back from prep school until even now. Uh, we still work out together, so that's my guy. Um, but, yeah, just Jugo was different. Um, you get to meet a lot of long, long, or lifelong friends. Um, and that was a good experience. Yeah. And then we end up heading off to uh, to Kentucky Christian up in Grayson, Kentucky, middle of nowhere. Uh, nowhere. So ended nowhere. up doing that, and um, and yeah, it's over with now. So had some pretty good games up in Grayson at KCU. Um, could have been could have been a little bit better, of course. But it worked out how it came yeah, to work out. So. For sure. Um, but, yeah. 
it's kind of the basketball career. As of right now, it's still uh, still continuing. So, so what are you getting into now? I know. So just so everyone knows, we um, we are releasing on the bubble for Vinny soon. Um, but Jordan, we agreed to something with him. So he's about to get his own on the bubble documentary produced by us. So make sure you check that out. But so my question is, so just so you guys kind of pre pretense to the documentary, what are you getting into these next few months? Uh, going into like your next step. So we got we got obviously gonna be trying to sign as far as uh, with the agency and with the agent first, um, then getting a getting a contract. And then in between those times, you know, just putting in work. Also got a, um, a showcase coming up that we'll be going to. Um, just another opportunity to just showcase my talents and try to sell right. myself uh, to these overseas teams. So um, that's pretty much it. I mean, it's just it's just work at this point. Yeah. Understanding it and the way I'm going to be carrying myself as well um, in a professional mindset. Right. So that's right. the biggest thing. Right, exactly. Uh, at this point, so, and also just trusting, trusting my work, and then trusting in you know what God has for me as well. So right. that's the biggest thing. Yeah, that's the biggest thing right now. So, for sure, for sure, it's fantastic. Well, uh, you know, I'm excited to do this uh, documentary with you. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a great outlook. I think people are going to enjoy it. I think they're going to see a different side of. Of a uh, athlete who has great talents, overlooked, didn't go to big schools, mm-hmm. but still trying to go to the league, and I feel like a lot of times those kind of athletes kind of like you know what I'm saying. People don't really get to see that side of the, no, of, the of the story of the game. I think so. I think it's gonna be exciting. I think too, it's important to understand that everybody has everybody has their own journeys, right? Of course, um, and. Not to say that everybody's the same, because we're not all the same. Uh, but understanding too, like I put my shoes on yeah. the exact same way anybody else puts their shoes on. Right. Um, the top guy in the league mm-hmm. versus the the low man on the total pool, or that kid that thinks that they can't do this or can't do that. It's yeah. you're always you're always right next to the best step. Right. Um, and I think sometimes, you know, I'm guilty of it too, like just getting discouraged and kind of overlooking ourselves at times as well. well can you explain um, right next to the best step so just so people can get it? Um, it's it's basically like your next your next move, even if your next move is you can't see it. Yeah. Um, or you're kind of timid with it. Like you're going to have to make that move. You don't want to take steps backwards, no, of course. Ever. So um, you're gonna have to make the next move, even if it's like I said, even if it's not the best move, but it's gonna propel you forward right. to the next move. Um, and then it's it's just a, a domino effect from there. Um, so I think if we look at our next move from that standpoint, um, then we'll always be try to be confident in it, and then we'll always be moving towards something, right? Um, and never like never getting satisfied with anything as well. Yeah. So I think that's that's big along with with anybody's journey. Um, so, well, one question that we always ask on here, and something that's going to lead us to our next kind of segue in this is, uh, I asked the question, and we you kind of already talked about 
a situation a little bit, so I'm curious on if there's a different situation or if we're just going to expand on that one because I'm okay with either. Um, but kind of what is one of the hardest situations or times in your life, like things that you've been through, and what did you do, and how did you, you know what I'm saying, the conversations you've had, the whatever it is that got you out of it. Maybe it was somebody, maybe it was, you know what I'm saying, reading something, whatever it might have been. Like, what, like, I'm just curious about that situation um, or any situation like that. I would say it's the, for me, it's been the constant battle of resetting. Right. So what do you um, mean by resetting? So go to prep school, and then that's only for a few months. And yeah. then we got to reset and try to find another school. Yeah. And then JUCO, um, I didn't go to a four-year school, so it's not like I could just say, like, oh, I'm committed here for the next four years. Yeah. It's a two-year school, which is tough because you always want to be in that um, – you want to be in the right place, right? Right. Um, so at the same time, understand that, like I said, you got another step that you got to take. So after this two-year school, I got to try to get to a, a four-year school for the next two years. Um, and then after the, even like now, I'm, I'm resetting and I'm having to navigate through this professional realm. Um, and it's a little bit uncomfortable, mm -hmm. but also understanding that I'm, I'm built for this. Like right. I've done this already. Yeah. I've been here, been here before yeah. many times already. So just being confident in my work um, and everything else going forward. Like I said, I mean, my faith is, is huge as well. Um, so that's number one, like just keeping God first and yeah. trusting his word and wrapping my head and infusing myself in that daily. Um, and just also just keeping the right people around me. Um, I think that's a big thing that I've learned. Um, over the years is just you know the crowd that you're around is kind of going to tell you like right. what your future is like yeah for sure um, and it's very important that you know we take that seriously um, so I think I think learning that <clears throat> and also with that as well just being like around good energy right like I don't want to be around yes men all the time no most definitely not um you can't grow like that. No, you can't at all. So just constantly um, growing yeah. and looking, looking for that, looking for that growth, whether that be uncomfortable situations mm -hmm. or even comfortable situations. So um, I think though the biggest thing, um, which is huge for me, is my relationship, my relationship with God, of course, but uh, my dad, mm. like he's he's really instrumental and he doesn't anybody that knows my dad like he doesn't talk a lot right. at all he doesn't say too much but he also moves in a way where he speaks he speaks to me and yeah. I can see the way he moves yeah. I can see how he processes things um, and it's just he's a living example mm -hmm. um, of what even though he's not a professional basketball player um but the business and how he promotes himself and just carries himself, it says a lot to me. Um, and it makes me, like, that's my hero. Like, that's what right. I want to be like yeah. one day. So even through these times of resetting, it's like, hey, like, we got, I have the blueprint. It's right there. Um, so I just got to trust that. So you would say, you would say, so this is a conversation I've had with my um, strength coach on here. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a, it's about learning how to work when you're uncomfortable. Yeah. 
And you would say resetting taught you how to learn or taught you how to work when you were uncomfortable. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like it's hard to, you're not born with that. Comfortability is something that everyone is striving for, but comfortability creates averageness. You know what I'm saying? You can't be, you can't learn to be form greatness and comfortability. It doesn't happen. Great men, great women, great humans are not formed to comfortability. You know what I'm saying? I think like, that time of being uncomfortable is, is gonna throw you in the fire. Like a diamond before it's a diamond, like it has to be cut, it has yeah. to be pressed, like right. all the it has to go through this this whole process and if it never goes through that process then it never mm-hmm. becomes a diamond. Right. Um, so I think understanding that it kinda like even in the resetting phase right now, it it makes me hungrier. Yeah. Cause it's like, all right, like I'm resetting again, and even though like people don't say it, and it might even be an um, an unhealthy thing for me, but I'm like, all right, like people are counting me out again. Like, yeah, I gotta do this. I gotta right. do that, and I gotta not even prove them wrong, cause it's not about them. No, but just proving myself right. right. Like yeah. I'm on this journey for a reason. I've been on this journey this long for a reason, and I don't think God would still have this burning desire, desire in put you. in yeah put yeah. into me for no reason if it, yeah if it wasn't supposed to be happening so for sure understanding that like god has put this in me and people have invested in me right. their time their money all these things and i can't let that go to waste either right. i have to take that seriously so right for sure that means a lot to me for sure uh-huh. so and another thing one of th- another thing i kind of want to expand on was the hanging you for your uh, comment of your circle is the most important the people mm-hmm. around you um, so like the found the people in your circle why would you you know what I'm saying so what made you really say that like what what about them was so vital to you or you know what I'm saying like what about them was so important that it kept you tapped in on what you were doing so I'm, I'm gonna say this first I have I have two kinds of circles okay I have a circle that I talk to on the daily. Yeah. Right. And then I have another circle that I watch on the daily. Yeah. Or that I see the way they move. Okay. Um, the circle that I talk to on the daily, that's the positive energy. Both both sets are they're positive positive energy, of course. Um but it's the and even with both parties it's the way that they're moving like that's that's what attracts me to them and right. then hopefully um, I'm making sure that I'm reciprocating the energy as well um, so and just being around people for so long like I don't think my friend group has really wavered at the core like there's probably I think I got and everyone's always like oh you need like you only need the a handful of friends. Friends, yeah. Um, I think I honestly have, and this is a blessing, like a good 20 people that I could depend on. Like I could call up and be like, hey, I need help with this. Right. Or just encouragement in this area or that For area. For sure. Um, and that's big because not everybody wants to put their hand out and, you know, pull the next person up right. all the For time. Sure. Um, and I think that's a big thing too. Like I'm around selfless people. Um, and I'd like to think of myself as, as that as well. So, um, but just, yeah, just understanding that 
is not always going to be comfortable either mm-hmm. being around those people. And I think that's another thing that attracts me to them as well because, like I said, they're, I don't have yes men around me. Like, yeah, for sure. They're going to shoot it straight. That's um, important. It is. It's, it's important. extremely important. Um, so just understanding that, it's helped me create my circle. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there's two there's two types of circles. So the people that I talk to on the daily and then the people that I watch on the daily, but I might not talk to them you yeah. know, for a long time. Like even like you guys, mm-hmm. like I don't talk to you guys on the daily, right. but like there's a mutual understanding that exactly. if we any of us need anything. Yeah, for sure. Like we're there for, for each sure. other. Um, so it's like, and it's crazy. Cause like even with Brandon, like Brandon was my first, friend that I formed when I came to Bowling Green. Yeah. I walked into Miss Lara Lim's classroom. I walked into her classroom and me and B like clicked off. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, like we don't talk on the daily. We might talk two times a year. Right. But it's like there's this mutual understanding that like whenever we see each other, like it's love. Love. Like, yeah. We're brothers. So there's that understanding. So yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Sure. So let's talk about. Hmm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What do you want to get into? Uh, what wisdom can you share with us? See, this is the thing <clears throat> about not doing pre screening questions. No, it's a beautiful part. It's you know what I'm saying? It's beautiful. You it's know what I'm saying? And you get this one, you might have some, but you can cut them. You know what I'm saying? You cut the little breaks yeah. in them. Or you don't really, yeah. or if they're really long, you're just both kind of sitting there. Yeah. But I feel like it's most definitely more genuine and authentic. No, you it don't is. do it like a pre. Is. It's um, in a lot of different realms. It's that it's the creativity that gets right. flowing in the room because you gotta kind of think of stuff on the spot. Exactly. Um, and I think that makes like we keep on using the word authenticity, but it makes it it makes it that. Um, I think that's the beautiful thing about. Just like the human mind, kind of as well. Like you can just think of something and it appear. Thanks, in but a way. I, but and that's why I get. I think that's why I get so frustrated with how many people are sheep's nowadays. Ooh. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> because you, you are literally like put on this planet to be creators. Like I don't. I, I forget the story in the Bible where Buddy was supposed to have a baby. Like God wanted him to have a baby mm-hmm. and he didn't do it. And God like cursed him because he didn't he didn't create yeah. the baby. You know what I'm talking. About? I, I know you know a story. I'm talking numer- about. Like, you know what I'm saying. There's numerous stories like that in the Bible, though. Like, well, you're supposed to be a creator, and you don't create. Like, you're literally on this planet to create, and people nowadays don't create. They just I, follow. I think the the craziest thing is people don't they don't see that. Like, yeah. They just think that I'm supposed to be sitting here and not doing this or not doing that. It's like. We're all gods, too. I don't think people really, like, under understand made, that. Like, I made in his image. Exactly. I made so, in his image. In his image and his likeness, so. That's why I hate to say you have a god complex. Damn right I have a god <laughs> complex. I know what I'm here no, for. for sure. I was put in here for his image. Yeah, yeah, I have a god complex. And I think that another important thing, too, is understanding that we're all supposed to move yeah. in that manner. Like Yeah. Yes, like you have reverence and you have respect for for God, but at the same time, like I'm not. One of my homies always says he's like, I'm not Jesus, but I'm moving like him. Right. Oh yeah, I like that. I'm still that one. Cause you you just think about like how Jesus moved throughout his throughout his 33 years on this earth. 
it was blameless. Yeah. They tried to blame him. Like, yeah. Point the finger here, point the finger there. But, like, he knew what he was doing, and he was moving in his purpose constantly. Yes. Um, and so I think to say that, like, if we are moving in our purpose, we don't really have to worry about anything. Because, mm. like, it's all going to be taken care of at the end right. of the day. Right, exactly. Um, exactly. So we always, and we always have these labels of, like, life has to be like this, or even I have to be a professional athlete, or I have to be a big-time entertainer. And it's like, it's a small, it's the incremental stuff um, as well. Um, so like to whom much is given, much is required, but mm. also we have to be faithful with the mustard seed of right. faith that we have, you know what I'm right. saying? So it's that understanding that, like I said, purpose is big because you don't really have to worry about anything after that. You just, I mean, I always use the analogy of um, you kind of, you, you set up what you need to set up. So we got, we got this podcast right here. We got this going. And then, like, we leave the door cracked open. And, like, we let God walk in. And, like, something amazing is bound right. to happen. Yeah, right. I'm with you. Yeah. <clears throat> so understanding that and being confident in that. Yeah. And confident in what God has going on in our lives. You're unstoppable at that yeah, point. For sure. You're unstoppable. For sure. It's the premise of. So, like, now, like, it's the premise of waking up. And it's, like, no matter what. I'm going through today. I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep being me. I'm gonna keep smiling. I'm gonna keep doing this because I know I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come here tonight. Put my head on this pillow, and it's even if it's not a pillow. Like if you on your knuckles, you know what I'm saying. Cause we've been there. You know what I'm saying. You sleep on a couch, sleep on the floor, wherever you're sleeping. It's the premise of like, this is not it for me. No, you know what I'm saying. Whatever it is, going. If we go back to you talking about, you know what I'm saying, resetting, or you being at the prep school or you were going to JUCO, it was the understanding of this is not it for me. Mm -hmm. God's plan for me, God, my purpose, I understand God's purpose. So I'm gonna embrace the struggle that I'm going through now. Absolutely. You know what Absolutely. I'm saying? Um, and to that point, it's like, we can even imagine, even if you are sleeping on the ground, on the gravel, Yeah. imagine it as a pillow in a, in a big mansion or manifesting. Yeah, manifesting. Like that's huge as well. Just that's part of creating. That's part of part of being a creator. No. It's absolutely. creating it in your head before no. it's there. I heard I heard Steve Harvey say the other day, he said, God wouldn't put an image into our head mm. if it wasn't supposed to happen, mm. essentially. He was saying you never see you never see the preview, you never go to the movies and if you get there in time for the previews. You never see the preview of a movie and then it not come out. Yeah. The preview is the coming attraction yeah. of life, yes. of the movie, whatever it is. Because exactly. our lives are movies. Right. So just understanding that, like I keep on saying, like everything that's going to happen is going to happen the way it needs to happen. But we also have control and a free will of like, hey, like my mind can go here. I can create this. I can create that. But first, it has to be a vision. And then you write it out on a plan and then you work the plan. Right. Um, one of my homies also says, you know, pray, plan, execute. Period. You pray on it first. Obviously, like I said, you write it, write it out, write it down. And then from there, you just, it's just work. Like, right. Work. It's going to happen how you need it to um, or how you want it to. So, and it, even during the execution phase, it's not going to be pretty. Yeah. During the planning phase, it's not going to be, no. be pretty. Um, but just understand that if you chip away daily at it, at it every day, you're gonna you're eventually gonna have some sort of breakthrough. And I think that's 
that's the moment I'm in right now. Yeah. Um, a lot of us are in is just understanding that if I stop chipping away at it, then the tree's not gonna fall. Not gonna fall. And like I might be, like I was talking about the steps earlier. Like it might be that next step that is the breakthrough. But if you're too scared to take it, or you're not willing to keep going past it, you know, you have no idea. You're never gonna get there. Yeah, you're never gonna get there. So sure. I think that's also a point that we need to understand as well. Is like. You practice every day. You do something every single day for so long. Like eventually, it's gonna, it's gonna happen. Like what the result that you want is gonna happen. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we get so caught up in the time period of mm -hmm. like, I want it in. I gotta have it in this specific yeah. window or this five-year plan or this ten-year plan. And it's like no, like it's not work. You think about all the great entrepreneurs or all the great entertainers of the world. It'd be like. They start their career like 30 or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, what were you doing from 18 to 30 for those 12 years? It's like, oh, I was living in a car, yeah. flipping burgers. So yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing. But um, just understanding that like, there's this process that we right. have to go, go through, through and we can't rush it. Right. It's God's timing, it's God's plan. And it's like, all right, if you would have got it, let's say you did, let's say, let's say I did end up going D1. Yeah. Well, who's to say that yeah. I don't like flunk out or something, something like that? Because I don't have the discipline that I've developed right. over, over these the last yeah, yeah five years, five six For years. Sure. Um, so like even that understanding your journey and your process and that everything is gonna happen for you when it's supposed to happen for right. you. Some people might be blessed with this before you, or they might have a short even have a shortcoming, mm. but. Even in a blessing and a shortcoming, like something's gonna propel you forward if you look at it the right way and attack it in the right manner right. as well. Um, so, for sure, for sure, I agree with you. Okay.